Hey kids, it is me, your dude, I see robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous Man. This time out, we're going to open some cards, we're going to talk about the flea market, we are going to do all kinds of great stuff until we get there, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat. OKIC Robot, Let's Get This Party Started Right, Let's Get This Party Started Quickly. This is World's Famous With IC Robot. Hey guys, it is me, Icy Robots, and I am back. Man, it um, it feels like I haven't done this for forever, which isn't really true because I did do it a, a few weeks ago. But man, I I have been so intermittent with my mic time, and I I think I'm just gonna I think I'm just gonna come clean and talk about everything. I I have alluded to some uh some surgeries that I've had in, in, in the past few months and stuff. And they, they've kind of kept me away from doing this, but I, I was vague and I think, I think I'm just going to come clean. I, I had a bunch of dental surgery. I have very bad teeth. I have always had very bad teeth. I would say I had bad teeth since the day I was born, but I, I didn't have teeth upon birth. But let's, let's say as soon as I got adult teeth, they kind of they kind of went bad on me, and then I had this really long stretch where I didn't have any dental insurance. This is, this is the movie theater, uh, video store segment of my life. I had no insurance of any sort, and they, they being my teeth, just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I, I know that a lot of you guys are in, are in similar situations. Teeth, teeth problems are just they're uh, they're an epidemic, dude. Like so many people out there have bad teeth, and for me. I had like, I had like a certain degree of shame involved with the teeth. I, I don't know. They got so out of control on me. It was like the back teeth and some of the upper teeth. And they got, they got so out of control during that period when I, I didn't have any insurance that by the time, by the time I finally got back around to being insured, I was, I was just kind of like embarrassed to go to the dentist. I felt like I was so far out of health that I just... I felt bad. I felt like maybe the dentist was going to scold me. Maybe they were going to laugh at me. I don't know. None of those none of those things are true, but I do think that this is something that people realistically feel when it comes to when it comes to dental health. And plus, it is like really expensive, even like with insurance. Dental health is is very expensive. So I I ended up in the end getting quite a few dental implants in my mouth. I I've had a lot of bad rotten teeth getting replaced with like nice brand new fancy uh artificial teeth I guess. I'm now I'm now bionic. What they do is they 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 drill a post like all the way through your your gum down into your jaw and it takes like a, a period of months for these for these uh to settle in and then eventually you know you're all set and you're you're good as gold but that that period in which all the uh, implants were settling in my mouth was very, very not fun. It was, uh, it was kind of painful. It was more painful to the gums than the jaw, if you're wondering. From what I understand, there's no nerve endings down in your jaw in that area. But so it's all, it's all like surface wounds. Like my gums were just all jacked up. There, there were episodes where maybe you noticed I was recording with like pieces of gauze in my mouth. I had like gauze stopping stopping the blood. It was like, it was really bad. It was really just yuck. But I'm almost done. I'm almost there. And I, I just wanted to come clean about all this because I want you guys, if you have bad teeth, 
if you have teeth problems, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed like I was. Things will get out of hand, and I want you... I want you to do what you can to get healthy in this regard. And I felt like if I'm hiding it, all I'm doing is 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 aiding the problem. And I don't want to ever aid problems in life. I want to want to try to like get around them and I want to help other people get around them. So, I'm coming clean. Your guy Icy Robots, he uh he has bad teeth. Well, no longer. I no longer have bad teeth. Now I have great great awesome healthy uh cybernetic teeth and that's that's better than I was before, man. But I gotta say, it cost a lot of money. We've been putting away for this for a long, 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 long time. And finally, we had enough to do the whole thing. Because I wanted to do the whole thing at once. I didn't want to do surgery and then get surgery again. I'm like, we gotta knock all this out at once. So there was like a lot of like removing broken teeth and getting new teeth in there. But now, man, I'm good as gold. I'm happy as a clam. Well, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not... I'm not a thousand percent happy as a clam yet, but I gotta say, I'm way happier than I was before because bad teeth hurt. Bad teeth are unhealthy. They can cause, like, serious health issues in you. So please, if you have this, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't have, like, toxic masculinity. Go out there and, and get help. There are all kinds of dental professionals who want nothing more than to help you be healthy. So please, don't delay. Do it today is my, is my advice to you. It is... It's a process. Don't think like getting all your teeth fixed is going to be easy. It's not really easy. It's expensive. It's a long process with a lot of healing involved. But in the end, dude, you're going to be much happier than you are, are right now. I'm assuming you're unhappy because why else would you be listening to me unless you were an unhappy, lost, lost soul like myself? But um, it's all good. It's all good. I don't know why. I don't know why I was so embarrassed. I knew that like all these surgeries were going to take me off the mic for a period of time because my whole mouth was going to be turned to Albanian salad. I knew that that was going to be the case. I knew it. So I, I had to say something, but I didn't know what to say because I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to be truthful. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. And I feel, I feel much better now getting that off my chest. I feel much better now just being open about it because honestly, you shouldn't really be ashamed of health issues. That's not right. It's like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault at all that you have health issues. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Do not be embarrassed. Do not be ashamed. Get help today like your guy, I see robots. Let's, uh, we're going to jump into the next segment. We're going to open up some cards, man. We haven't done this in a while, but I got a pack of cards and I can't wait to get into it. Alert the troops. They're protecting Toothopolis with some new gel. They must be out of crest. Attack! We make holding teeth. Heavy creeps. A new gel as tough as Crest? It's great tasting Crest gel with Fluoristash. You creeps repel by Crest gel. You'll love the flavor. Why you fight cavities with, with new, new Crest, Crest gel. gel. Tastes great. Now let's return to Earth. open a pack of weird trading cards. Gene Shallot of NBC TV says, let's say it right at the beginning. Rocky is one of the best movies of the year. Four stars, says the New York Daily News. Rona Barrett of ABC TV calls Rocky a definite Oscar contender. Starring rated Sylvester PG. Stallone. Rated PG. Starring, Starring Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Rated PG. Hey, this is me, Asy Robots, and we are back again with these, uh, these Rocky cards. I want to give a second shot. 
this is uh, actually factually the third time we've gone after these Rocky cards in search of card number one, a card called Meet Rocky, which is the rookie card of Rocky Balboa and also the rookie card of the great Sylvester Stallone. These are Rocky II cards. They came out in the great year of uh, 1979. I was six years old at the time. I'm, I'm like... I'm a gigantic Rocky fan. I think I think the first Rocky is easily one of the greatest movies of all the time in space. Rocky 2 is also fantastic. Rocky 3 is pretty fun. It's a pretty fun movie, but at that point, they kind of begin to be like superhero movies more than like serious dramatic movies, which is which is all good in the hood. I'm not going to say I didn't have fun watching them because I definitely did. But the first, the first two are real movies. They're real art. The rest of them are real fun. And that's not bad either. It's all good in the hood. We've done this, like I said, two times before in search of this one card. In the past, we did get some good ones. We got number two, Rocky's Girl, Adrian. And then we also got the one that is, in fact, the first appearance of Apollo Creed. But we didn't get the one that we wanted. So we're going to... We're going to keep going at it. This is this is a wax pack. I picked this up on eBay. I paid $6, put like $1.95 for shipping. I think that I think that's fine for like a sealed pack of 70s card that could also give you the gold of a Balboa rookie. That's what we want more than anything anything in the world. It has a picture of a Rocky with like explosions coming out of his fist. He's wearing a headband. It says rematch. At first they said there ain't going to be no rematch, but then in fact there was a rematch, which is what we all wanted. There's always, there's always going to be a rematch if there's money to be made. But let's, um, let's get into this. First, there is, uh, there is no gum. That's weird. The, the pack itself was ripped. So I wonder if we may have been the victim of an okie doke because where is that bubble gum? I was going to chew it right here on the air with my, with my new bionic teeth, but we didn't in fact get to do that. But let's, um, let's dig in. The first card we have, there is a gum stain on it. So there was gum at one point. It's card number 48. It says, now or never. As the spectacular battle begins, Mickey shouts instructions to his powerhouse people. This is the chance of a lifetime, and both trainer and fighter know it. Not a card that we wanted, but it's still pretty cool. Then we have a card called Man of Destiny. This is card number 56. It has a picture of Rocky. His eyes are swollen. He looks like Albanian salad. The earlier mentioned Albanian salad. Go Google that. The next card is card number 78. And it says both men are down. This is this is the key moment in the fight. You see both guys falling to the mat. This is when they both strike each other at the same time. And they fall to the mat. But only the great Rocky Balboa can make it to with his feet. By the count of 10, Apollo stays down. We have a new champ. Let's um take a look at the next card. It is card number 45. It's Rocky in the corner, and it says the world is in his corner. As so far, we haven't got anything that we love, but we're gonna we're gonna keep digging, dude. We're gonna keep looking. The next card is card number 40. It's Rocky running in the street with all these kids behind him. It says Philly's favorite. I'm not feeling good about this, but uh I think that in, in life, we're going to keep digging until we get this card. So up next, we got card number. It is a sticker, a nice sticker. It's Rocky number 15. He's smoking a duck back with his hat on. He has he has a Band-Aid over his eye. He's looking like a real, like a real goon. The next one is card number 
It's card number 18. Encouraging words. Rocky's in the hospital with uh, Talia Shire. She's sick. Rocky is reading her book. Right now we have one, two, three, four. We have four left to get the one we want. I'm holding them down here below my desk so I can't, I can't see what they are. Let's pull another one out. This is card number 77. Devastating Sock. Rocky sees red, literally. Through the blood-spattered eyes, he views his razzled opponent and plants a devastating blow to Apollo. The audience goes wild. Nice card. Not the one we wanted. Let's go back in. And now we have... It says, Chin Up, Rock. This is card number 47. Just Rocky standing there. Not feeling good, guys. Not feeling good about this at all. We're going to say we got bamboozled if we didn't get the card. We're going to contact that guy and say, Where's my gum? Send me my gum. Next card is Adrian. We did it. Card number 99. Not the one we wanted. And the final card is... Do it, Rocky. Card number 86. We're going to 86 this whole uh, this whole pack of cards. What a mess, man. Didn't get what we wanted. Didn't get any gum to chew. Just, just sad. Except for this sticker. I'd have to say this whole thing, very discouraging. Shout out to Ferg, who likes it when I get a bunch of bad cards. Shout out to you for this, but uh, I don't know. It's all fine. It's all good. Let's uh, let's move forward in sadness. I see robots running, the strongest team in the streets. Charge it! Charge it! This week in Japanese League Baseball. Hello, this is Icerobot's Radio Foreign Sports Correspondent Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. The season is in full effect with all the bells and whistles you have come to expect in an NPB baseball game. This includes fireworks, karaoke singing amongst the players, taiko drumming, and of course, everyone's favorite feature act, the all-male cheerleading team of the Hiroshima Carp. The 10 dancers resplendent in sumo mawashis provocatively dance to the taiko drums and encourage the carp to win the game. Sadly the carp are 0 and 25 this year and are on the verge of being mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in the first month of the season. None of this is the fault of the carp dancers. The team is just not very good and has an average batting average of 125. This is Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. That was this week in Japanese League Baseball. It's time for the Grandmaster Grandpa remix of the Blue Oyster Cults, Burning For You.
Yo, I see robots, kick the ballistics. Up next, a look at this week's flea market acquisitions. I went to the flea market and I bought a couple things. Na 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 blah. Um, I I don't. I don't know how to get started on this. Over the past few weeks, since since the last time we spoke, the Santa Rosa slash Sonoma County flea market world has been it has been flipped upside down. When last when last we spoke, the number one flea market in Sonoma County was the Mojo Sales flea market, which was at the Veterans Building at one point. Was at the Kmart parking lot at one point, but when we last spoke, they were going to move from the Kmart parking lot over to a spot in Ronard Park that at one time was used by a Hewlett Packard factory, I believe. It was a very large lot. Everyone was super duper happy about it moving there. Not me so much. I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to have to drive over to Ronert Park or, as we know it here in Santa Rosa, Rodent Parts. They are, they're kind of a rival city of ours, Ronert Park. But it's not even like a real rivalry because they're trash, we're awesome. The real rivalry, I believe, is between Santa Rosa and Petaluma, the next city on the other side, which is, which is a very nice place, I have to say. But the, the deal with the lot on the Hewlett Packard property fell through. It fell through at the last minute and the Mojo Sales flea market was forced to move to one of their ancillary spots on Santa Rosa Avenue in the lot of what was at one time a car lot, I believe, like a used car lot. No, it was the lot next to the Greyhound parking lot, the Greyhound station parking lot way back in the day by me and M's liquor. It's across the street from there. My grandma used to live on the street right there, Wheeler, Wheeler Street. We spent, we spent a lot of time at that house. As a matter of fact, when I was in high school, what I would do was I would walk over to her house and then get picked up by my dad because my dad would go visit my grandma every day on the way home from work to say hello. And I would walk through downtown, go to the mall, go to the comic store, and then go visit with my grandma and grandpa for a while and catch a ride home. It worked out Worked out really well for me. I got to spend a lot of time just like hanging around at the comic store, walking around and stuff. It was fun. But the flea market is now at that location. And this location's fine. I've always liked it. It's fine. There's not a lot of space for tables, though. It is not that big at all. So now things have reverted back to their original state with the Sebastopol flea market, the Miglis flea market being the number one flea market in the area. Mojo sales is number two. And in a really sad turn of events, the 40 and eight flea market, this is the one that is only during the summer, four or five times a year in the summer. It's run by the local VFW. The money goes to a nursing charity that they support. The the sad news is they have decided to permanently conclude the 40 and 8 flea market for all the time and space. The folks in the VFW who ran it have retired. They're older folks. They they can't handle the um just the work involved with putting on these big flea markets and none of the younger vets have stepped up. I understand. It's a lot of work. I get it. You got a family, you got a life, you don't really want to run a flea market in, in your off time. I get it. I'm not I'm not talking junk, I'm really not. But it's sad when you see these older organizations kind of drift away because the the younger cats aren't into it. I mean, they're into their own things. I get it. Nobody nobody wants to live their parents' dreams forever. I also 
I also understand that the the membership of VFWs have gone down. There's a lot of people in after Nam, Korea, World War II, and the the Gulf War vets, the Iraq War vets. They're just not joining up in the numbers that uh, they did previously, and that's sad because I would imagine as a as a veteran of a foreign war, you might wanna you might wanna get some support. But any at any rate, the the flea market, the 40 and 8, is now gone. Rest in peace. It's sad. That was that was as far as quality quality of merchandise, the best flea market in all of the area. They had like really great, really high-end stuff, as well as just like random junk like your guy likes. So it's sad. It's sad we're losing that. And I honestly I honestly could see a, a, a time when there are no flea markets in, in Sonoma County because the mojo's on their last legs as far as finding a location. This the San Rosa Avenue location is fine, but it's not really that great. There's no parking. It's not that big. The The flea market can be really big. At one point, it filled up the entire parking lot of the Veterans Building. It was huge. Now it's in a spot, maybe like a third of it. It feels like they could grow like almost endlessly. There always seems to be people wanting to go hawk their wares at the flea market, so... Let's hope they can find somewhere big because they're they're on the last run, man. And the uh, Sebastopol flea market, the Migleys, I think that one could shut down at any time too. They're doing good business, but real estate in that part of Sonoma County is very, very, very valuable. And if you could build a bunch of houses on there, you could make infinitely more than you could renting out flea market spots once a week. So that could happen at any time. You have to. You have to make sure to enjoy the things that you have while you have them. Like right now, there are flea markets around. I can go to two every week. Got to enjoy it. Got to enjoy it while you can because you never know what tomorrow will bring. But it's really interesting. The the politics of how one week, Mojo's on top. Migley's almost out of business. Now Migley's on top. Mojo's out of business. Just shows how just shows how a flea market can, can run. I... I haven't been scoring that big at the flea market, though. I go, it's ups and downs. Ups and downs and highs and lows. Sometimes I'm, like, really into it, and your guy, your guy's just, like, digging. Your guy's digging, and he's finding all the gold. Other times, I'm just kind of, like, in and out, in and out. And that's, that's kind of the tip I've been on lately. I sort of, I sort of feel that I'm, I'm all full as far as, like, having cool things. And unless I see something super cool, I'm going to stay full until I myself go do the flea market and get rid of some of my treasures. That's how it works, man. When you're like, when you're like a constant treasure hunter like myself, you gotta, you gotta every once in a while go back to the lake and throw some of the, throw some of the fish back in as, as it were by, by selling it to flea market and getting rid of some of the things that you don't love as much as you did or some things that you think somebody else might love, might love even more. I gotta do that. I got, I got a whole area under my comic book storage slot where I have, Tons of boxes of stuff. I just want to take out to the flea market and see what, see what I can get for them. So, so be aware. There's going to be a report of that soon. One thing I did find though, and I'm, I think I'm just going to open this up because I've had it sitting over here for a while. I got a Masters of the WWF Universe, Becky Lynch, the Man of WWE Turnia. I got this for three dollars. For some reason, every once in a while, certain toys will show up in abundance at the flea market, and at one point. All these Becky Lynch's were just all over the place. All the toy vendors had tons of them. Right now, what they have are some WWE Ultimate. I think it's an Ultimate. Maybe it's an Elite of uh, Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk of the APA, a.k.a. the former WCW champion Ron Simmons. They have, like, millions of these. I'm not kidding. All the toy vendors have at least one bin full of these. I might buy one. If I can get one for, like, $4, $5... 
it would be worth it just to, uh, he comes with the belt. He has a tag team belt, him and, uh, Bradshaw, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, the APA, with the champs at one point, so he comes with the belt. It's worth it for me just to get the belt. I like, I like little toy action figure, uh, wrestling belts, but I did get this. I got it for five bucks. I'm pretty happy. This is when... This is when they did that thing where they combined the WWF and He-Man together and they, they added some WWF wrestlers to the He-Man universe. I think it's kind of fun. The ones of these that I bought, I did kind of enjoy, but they they canceled the line. And in the place of it, they have pretty much the exact same figures without the He-Man gear, but now they're wrestlers. It's like the AWA Rimcos. I don't know if you... I think that was episode 13 I talked about those. Toys R support AWA Rimco figures. They're small like He-Man's, but um, the wrestlers, not He-Man's. They the WWE is doing those now. They're they're actually pretty cool. But let's uh let's take a look at this. She's defied the odds, disarmed her opponents, and demolished every obstacle. Soon, everyone in WWE Turnia will learn this is the man's world, and they're all just living in it. So. What we have here is a Becky Lynch figure, sort of in the guise, guise of Tila. Becky Lynch is a WWE wrestler, if you guys don't know. She's the man. I like her a lot. She's uh, Irish, the Irish last kicker. She's had, had many names. She's been champ, main evented WrestleMania, fought Ronda Rousey, all kinds of good stuff. But let's, um, let's just pull her out of here. It's a nice, nice Becky Lynch figure, to be honest. Looks just like her. She has Becky Lynch's famous... Orange hair. I, I'm a Becky Lynch fan, I would have to say. When I was watching WWE, I don't really watch that much anymore. But when I was, I did I did like Becky Lynch. Let's um let's open up her accessories here. I'm gonna see what we got. She has a shield and a staff. She doesn't have I dropped it. Like I always do. What's the deal with that? What's your boy's a clumsy oaf. Um, can I see it down here? No, I don't see it. Well, this is a different... I found something else. I found Ray's staff. An action figure of Ray's staff. Um, I don't see it down here, and I don't have a flashlight. Oh, here it is. I got it. It's a pretty cool staff. It's like... It looks like a snake, sort of. And she also has a shield. Pretty fun. They... The shield goes into her hand pretty easy. It kind of goes into her hand. Some... Some, like, kind of wrap around the wrist. This one... Straight up hand, got it in her here. It's a little too flexible to get a good grip on. Got the staff. No, oh, it looks just like her. She doesn't have the uh, the Tila like Cobra armor that she wears, which is one of the one of the prototypes I would figure of the design. But it's cool, man. I dig it. I dig it. You know, I'm gonna put her up with my He-Man's. I only paid a couple dollars. Pretty fun. We'll see if I get one of those Ron Simmons, aka Farouks. If I do, we'll talk about that soon. Hello, my name is Susan Broiler from the Food Cube Prevention League. Recently a home food cube machine was advertised on this show. As a counterpoint we wish to let it be known that food cube addiction is still a very real threat to the community. Advertising a product that allows you to make an addictive substance in your own home out of old newspapers and use Kleenex is irresponsible on the part of this network. We in the league condemn the management of IC Robots Radio and demand a retraction of the commercial be forthcoming. Thank you and good day. Hello, this is Ed for IC Robots Radio. 
We wish to dispute the retraction demand on the grounds of the fact that we said that food cubes are gross and that we hate them but also we are contractually bound to a decree of four Pooptronics advertisements per calendar year. This is just a fact of life and you must learn to live with it. We have, but that doesn't mean we like it. I see robots radio. The strongest team in the streets. Butterfly in the sky. Icy Robots, the host of Reading Rainbow here on the Icy Robots Radio Network. As as anyone who has tuned in for any length of time knows, I am a voracious reader. Like, I really just, I like to read. I read magazines, I read books, I read pamphlets, I read zines, I read, well, anything I can get my hands on. I read the newspaper every day. I just like looking at words on pages and having those words enter my mind and turn into images. It's it's just like a fun hobby for me. I got I got a couple things here that I've gone over in the past uh in the past couple of weeks. I guess I guess I'll do these in the order in which I read them. The the first book of the three that I have right here is Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real life story of wrestling's original Sheik, written by Brian R. Solomon. When I say the original Sheik. I do not mean the Iron Sheik. I mean the Sheik of Michigan wrestling fame, the uncle of uh, the great Sabu, the guy who ran the scene up and near, up near Canada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, those areas for a real long period of time. This, this one was pretty good. I did enjoy this a lot. I found it a little bit hard to get through in the fact that like, it is a real history book. A lot of these wrestling books I read are just kind of, they're just kind of like silly things full of fabricated stories. They're just like nice, uh, you know, nice little afternoon reads. But this one is like a real actual factual history book with dates, records, just everything you'd ever want to know about the original Sheik. The Sheik the Sheik is very hard to explain a, as a character. He, he was obviously like a Sheik guy. He wore a turban, but... His main claim to fame in the wrestling world was that he he would stab people in the head with a pencil and he would make them bleed. People for real thought that this guy was like legit super crazy at the time. This was like the 60s, the 70s, into the 80s. He, he wrestled as late as like the 90s in Japan. He, he, he stayed around for a long time. But he would have these matches, these two or three minute matches, where he would run down scare people in the crowd people were like legitimately scared he would like like stab at them and scare them then he would run into the ring fight the guy he was going to fight stab him in the head with a pencil then he would get stabbed with the pencil they would both bleed all over the place and for whatever reason the the fans in the michigan area ate this stuff up the sheik was on top there 
seemingly for decades. Like, for decades, this guy ran, like, an undefeated record. Nobody could beat him. He was the biggest draw of all. He was also, coincidentally, the promoter and the owner of the wrestling company. So, there is always that when you factor things into, like, who is the, uh, who is the top guy. It's easy to be the top guy when you're the one writing the stories. And the story you write every single week is, and then I'm gonna run out, beat the guy up, stab him, pin him. Go home three minutes. I get the most money. But this this was very well researched, very well written book. It is a bit dense. It comes in at like it's just under four hundred pages. It covers everything from the early life of Ed Ferrat as a child to him being in the army to him starting off as a young up and coming technical wrestler. He went from being a very technical, very boring wrestler to to creating this character called the Sheik. And at first, at first the Sheik kind of played on like he was like the mysterious like Alibaba kind of guy, very very wealthy, very fancy, very very foreign, very exotic kind of uh Arabian character. Then eventually he turned it into where he was the madman from Sudan going out there and stabbing guys with the pencil. It's pretty good stuff. If you're if you're interested in wrestling, check it out for sure. If you like historical wrestling, which I do. I like I like to learn about the different eras of wrestling. This one was uh, published by ECW Press, who puts out a bunch of good wrestling books. I would recommend this one. I got this on eBay for like for like 20 bucks. Cover price is uh 22 bucks. It's it's well worth it. If this sounds like something you'd want to read about a guy stabbing people with a pencil and running a ruthless wrestling empire at the same time, I highly recommend this one. Looking at the Sheik, one of the most bizarre wrestlers to ever enter the ring. He's evil, vicious, and wicked. And those are his good points. <laughs> and he really knows how to heat up his opponents. The Sheik has made his name in professional wrestling by taking cheap shots, by fighting dirty, by bringing all kinds of sharp objects into the ring to use on his opponent. In the world of professional wrestling, they have the good guys and the bad guys. And in a way, the Sheik is on the bad side of the ropes, but he's still a favorite of the fans. Because truly, he is the one man they love to hate. The Sheik is, he's such an interesting character. His, his nephew is the wrestler known as Sabu. If you follow any kind of 90s wrestling, you know who Sabu is. He's the, he's the homicidal, uh, genocidal, suicidal, or whatever order that's in. But, um, he's, he's a modern day Sheik in a lot of ways, and that's, that's all fun, too. They talk about that in the book. But the the next book that I read was one that I, I went through in an afternoon. It's a kid's book. I got it. I got it out of the library in front of the house. Somebody put it in there, and I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen this in such a long time. I'm going to read this now. This is a book known as The Indian in the Cupboard by Lynn Reed Banks. This is this is an absolute classic of, like, juvenile literature. The, the basic idea is that this kid named Emery has a magic cabinet, or maybe it's a magic key, and when he... When he puts a toy inside of there, the toy comes to life. And the first thing that he does is he takes a small plastic Indian that he has, put it in there, the Indian, the Indian comes to life. But this, this leads to all kinds of new challenges. He has to feed the guy, house the guy, take care of the guy, because the person who comes out was once a toy, but they were in fact a real life person, like pulled out of history, like... This dude has a life and a family and all these things that he's missing while he's there being a uh, a little plaything for Emory. It goes into like the the morality of keeping somebody, the things you have to do to take care of them, just all these interesting things. And I 
I read this years ago. I read it again. I loved it as much as I did the first time. If you if you collect toys or play with toys, this is this is undoubtedly something you've thought about. Like, what if what if my toys were real? What if they came to life? And this book explores it in a really realistic way because he he spends all of his times like catering to the needs of these toys and keeping other people away from these toys who are now alive. They they talk about the the store where he gets the the figures from and the way that he describes things. The book is British. It's set over in a good old jolly old and they they talk about the toys in the stores and and the part of that was really fun, but when when they talk about the figurines that he buys, I I imagine that they they're Britons. I don't know if you're familiar with those. They're like two or three inches tall. They they have a metal base. The base is usually green, but then they there's like a figurine. A lot of times they're military guys or knights or cowboys, things like that. I I have a few now. I think they're really fun. Back in the day, I used to get them at Toy and Model in Montgomery Village. They had just like this gorgeous display case with all the all the Britons inside. And every once in a while I would go and I, I would look at all of them and I would, you know, pick one that I wanted to bring home. And when, when Emery is at the store trying to find a mate for his, uh, his, his toy come to life, I imagined, I imagined me looking through the case of Britons and imagining what that was like. If you, if you haven't read this book, I highly recommend it. You can get through it in a day. I, I had like a spare afternoon and I read the whole thing on a Saturday, and I, I really did have a fantastic time doing that. Andy in the Cupboard, all-time classic. I'm going to put it back out there on, on the library. The third and final book that I read is a book that is known as uh, Cinema Speculation by Quentin Tarantino. I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino, especially especially when he's talking about movies. I love to hear him talk about movies. He has such such a wide knowledge of cinema, just all these things around the world. He, he, he's, he just knows what he's talking about. When it comes to these things. And this book was really good. But it was also like above my level of film knowledge. Like I love movies. I watch movies. I'm the host of At The Movies over on Patreon. Or rather I used to be. I, I talk about movies all the time. I love movies. I go every single week. And he was talking about people and things and movies that I had no idea about. But that's good. That's good. I'm not complaining because it gives me all these things to look up all these movies to watch, all these people to check out, all these things. It was very, very informative, this book. There's also some um, some interesting chapters about his life. He talks about like going to different cinemas over in uh, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles area. At the time, it was like there were movie theaters everywhere. He's talking about how there was like a three-plex like a few blocks away from his house, Another fourplex, like, within walking distance the other way. If he took one bus ride, that gave him access to, like, ten more, ten more theaters. There, there are currently two theaters in Santa Rosa. The most has ever been is four at one time. As far as I can look back, there were four. There's one over in Ronard Park. There's one in Sebastopol on the other side. There's one in Petaluma. There's one in Sonoma. But I can't imagine, and I realize... I realize Los Angeles is, you know, it's Hollywood, it's the movie, movie mecca and, and all that. But, but it would be so fun just having all these different cinemas, all these different options with all these different movies. Imagine if all the movies that go straight to video and I watch a lot of straight to video movies. I'm always buying movies on voodoo. I, I just, I like, I, I like small time movies, but imagine if like all these small time movies that I, that I see, let's, let's take a look at the, at the list here. Imagine like the Pez Outlaw. 
was playing at a theater or um, or how to blow up a pipeline. Imagine I could see that at the theater. It would be so great. The Last Sentinel, a movie I just saw recently. If I could see that at the theater, it would be so fun. I think seeing a movie at the theater is way more fun than watching a movie at a home. I want to be, I want to be strapped in. I want the movie to start. I want no pauses. I want the whole thing to be like gigantic in front of me. I don't want to escape. I don't want to be able to pause it. I don't want to be able to look at my phone. I want to be locked and loaded. I also prefer the standard theater seats. I don't really like the recliner seats. I kind of, I kind of want to be upright. I want to be upright so that I, I feel, I feel more attentive. Sometimes when I get these recliner chairs, I start to, I start to drift off, especially if it's a long one. I want to be a, a little bit uncomfortable. Helps me pay attention to be a little uncomfortable. But this, this book was really good. I liked it a lot. I'm going to have to read it again. I'm going to have to read it again to get a better understanding of a lot of the things he was talking about in here. My knowledge of these small-time 70s movies is not great, but our guy Tarantino was lucky. He had a slew of cinemas to play all these movies, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to catch up, go back in again, and read it again. But if, if you're a Tarantino fan, if you're a movie fan, you like movie history and stuff, I would recommend this one. This one highly. It's hardback only. It's like a $30 book. I was able to pick it up used on eBay for like $15. If you look around on the online, you can find it cheaper. I find a lot of books on eBay that I want at very low prices. What you do is a book comes out, wait six months, buy it on eBay for half the price. That's my, that's my way to read new books. I'm a used book guy, man. I don't buy a lot of new books. All used flea market books, little library books. That's just me. I like to read. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to afford it if I bought everything new that I wanted. I would go broke. But there you have it, guys. Three books. You got the Indian in the cupboard, a lot of fun. You got the book about the chic, very informative, a lot of fun. Cinema speculation. Pretty good. Super informative. I don't know if I would say fun, but I did learn a lot and I did get through it. Within, uh, within a couple weeks. It took me a couple weeks because I really had to like ruminate. There were periods of time where I had to I had to like look somebody up and see how they related to somebody else. It was good stuff though. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's finish it. Reading Rainbow out. I'm here at one with nature, clearing my mind, clearing my thoughts, getting myself prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. This is World's Famous with your host, EC Robots. It is for sure most definitely true. I haven't lost in so long that I've forgotten what it's like to lose. I think I think we're up here against it. I think that we're at the end of the show right about now, if that's, if that's even possible. How could there possibly be an end to the endless blathering that comes out of my mouth? I, I don't know how I do it sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll be like, I don't really have anything to say. I don't want to say anything. I don't feel like it. But then, before I know it, I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. I, I was that kid, like, back in school. I was always in trouble in school for talking. I just, sometimes I can't help it. Like, sometimes when there are other people around, I just can't help but talking. I think... I think it's kind of like a nervous thing. You know, I can't, I can't like keep my, my anxiety in check. So the next thing you know, I'm just like, da, 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 da. I, I know not. Back, back in the day, like way back in the old days when I was in Illinois, the, the teachers there were a lot different than the teachers here in California. It wasn't like full on like corporal punishment or anything. It was more like, it was more like they had like a free reign to be a little bit more cruel to you than they, than they do here in the Golden State. And I, I had a teacher, fifth grade teacher, no, third grade teacher, 
Miss Woojack. Her name was Miss Woojack, and she took a big cardboard box and put it over my desk. It was like a refrigerator box with the top cut off, and she got so sick of me talking that she put this cardboard box over my desk so that, like, I couldn't see anybody, I couldn't talk with anybody, and I, I look back, and this, this doesn't seem like something that should be done. And I remember I told my parents, and they were kind of with it. I, I myself as a parent, if the kid came home and she told me, hey, you know what, um, Mrs. Wong, her fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Wong, put her inside of a cardboard box so that she couldn't see or interact with anybody, I would be down at the school before she finished her sentences. I would be, like, down there, like, cracking coconuts together, as it were. But, like, my folks, you know, they they kind of went with it. Whatever the school did, they just went with it. And I think that that was more in line with what people did at the time rather than me saying they were neglectful. I think that people had more trust in institutions back then. I think that people had more trust in the school system and teachers and teachers' aides and people like that. Nothing against anybody who's a teacher, man. Shout out to everybody who's a teacher who's out there being kind to kids. But, like, back in the day, teachers could be pretty mean, man. I gotta... I gotta think, in my entirety of my time at school, I maybe had, like, one or two teachers, Mrs. Williams, in high school. I thought she was great. There were probably, like, a couple others, but, like, by and large, they they didn't like your kid for talking. It was it was so weird. I would be, like, talking and trying to interact in class, and I would just kind of, I would kind of get shut down. So, I, I don't know. I wonder if sometimes this is, uh, this is why I do kind of shut down on occasions. It's interesting. Because sometimes I'll get, like, anxious, and it'll cause me to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Other times I'll get anxious, and it causes me to just, like, completely clam up, and I feel incapable of talking. It's very interesting how your body and your mind betrays you, but it is what it is. I've, I've learned I've learned to live with these things. I've learned to be a happy person. I've learned to go on and be a happy person despite the cruelty that was inflicted upon me many years ago. By the staff of Harnu Elementary School and Miss Woojack herself. I I don't know. It's it's hard being a teacher, and sometimes I think that it it comes out in, in forcing people to to be cruel to kids. I I know not. Shout out to uh shout out to all the good teachers out there who are fighting the good fight. But man, that was that was such a long time ago. When I when I look back at Harnu, Harnu Elementary in Oakland, Illinois, where I went, the Harnu Hawks, when I look back it seems like such a different universe to the the life that I had when I moved to California. It was it was so wild. I was like the Walshes in 90210 when they moved there and everything was so different from wherever whatever Midwest location they came from. It was it was a massive culture shock. I know I've said this before, but back in Illinois kids were like wearing Oshkosh bagosh overalls and like doping around and playing in dirt and stuff like that. When I moved here, kids had like pop collars, pink Izod shirts and like pegged pants and shoes with no with no socks looking like they were on Miami Vice it was like the wildest thing I'm talking about like fourth graders dude like fourth graders popping collars wearing those Porsche sunglasses remember those those Porsche sunglasses that could like they would fold up and go inside of a case they were like wearing those it was just like it was so wild man that I'm dressed I'm dressed like a Chucky doll you know, just getting getting capped on by by everyone. It was it was rough, but these are the things that turn you into the person you are today. I I don't know where that all came from, but um, I think we're about to get out of here. Let's uh, let's send some shouts. Let's send some love. Mark Alley, Unprofessional Outsiders Podcast. Your boy, me, Icy Robots did a little uh, a little production work for them. So if you if you dig the Icy Robots radio sound, please go check out the Unprofessional Outsiders. They talk pop culture. 
football, all kinds of fun stuff. I listened myself. I'm not going to lie. It, it was at first. At first, I'm like, eh, I don't really want to listen to a football show necessarily because you guys are not like a big NFL fan. But I started listening to it. and I'm like, this is fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy the banter between the staff. And now you got some Icy Robots beats in there, too. So it's all it's all good in the hood. Unprofessional Outsiders. Shout out to them. Shout out to Joe Nobody over on Facebook, over on Patreon. A true from the heart, ISR compatriot. Shout out to uh, Engineer Nerd. Haven't seen you on the tweets lately, but we still have love in our heart for you. Esquilito, Earl Green, everybody out there. Uh, the nerdy blogger. I know not who else. I feel bad. Tapes from the crypt. If you're out there, peace and love. My guy, Potomac. Last hometown. Peace and love. Preston from Retrofied Magazine. The beef is real. We got bad blood, but hopefully we can settle it before, before somebody winds up in the morgue as it... Uh, as it sometimes plays out on the streets. But, you know, I see Robots Radio, strongest team in the streets. If you mess with us, you wind up with a pizza behind your head, if you know what I mean. Shout out to uh, Be Kind Rewind, classic film. You're going to get pizzaed. Preston, Esquilito, pizza for you, too. But, uh, anyhow, this is me, I see Robots, signing off. I love everybody out there, man. If I don't shout you out, don't take it to me, then I love you. It's just like when I'm on the mic, it's like I'm on the spot. Sometimes I forget names of people that are very important to me, so just imagine in your heart that everyone out there, if you're listening right now, you're important to me. Derek, Ed, all you guys important to me, listen to The Derek Show. Listen to Behind the Bit with Ed. That's good stuff, dude. Good stuff from the show archivist, Ed. So without further ado, I am going to say to you right now, if you don't like the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, Ed, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people, some people, some people, some people, some people listen for history. Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack. Now look at you, you sit and stand, bite your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite. Live out the first law and make yourself preservation. If the show doesn't help you, change the station. If you don't want peace in the world. Y'all slick blow. That's right. Yeah, I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Never, never, never.